Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion Podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What is going on, youth workers? I hope that you're having a wonderful day. Uh, I hope that you are, whatever you're doing, you know, you may be jogging, you may be sitting in your office uh, wondering if uh, kids are going to show up to your post-pandemic first youth meeting. (laughs) That's probably on a lot of people's minds. Uh, You could be doing a number of things, and I'm so glad uh, that you're listening to this podcast while you're doing it. So I appreciate you being here. If you're brand new to the show, by the way, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving it a try. I hope that you enjoy it, and uh, I hope that... Uh, I deliver on the promise that I want to motivate you and keep your youth ministry moving forward. That's the promise of this podcast is I want you to leave saying, you know what? I didn't waste my time. I didn't, I didn't waste my time listening to this podcast and I feel better, not worse about, you know, my life or about ministry And uh, maybe you'll pick up a few tips and tricks along the way. So today, before we jump into it uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the 10 things I wish I learned before I became a youth pastor. But before we jump into that, just some quick things here. Number one, uh, there are some new folks. uh, First of all, Ashburn, Virginia, you're, you're, you're killing it out there. You're doing, you're, you're back on the board listening. You got bumped out for a while. So if you're in Ashburn, Virginia, thanks for listening. New on the board, Huntsville, Alabama. Welcome Huntsville uh, for listening out there. And also LA. That's not lower Alabama. That's actually Los Angeles, California. So I want to thank you for listening today as well. Internationally, uh, Ghana. Thank you for listening. Indonesia. And of course, the United States of America. So uh, thank you so much for all of you that are listening today. Um, coming up this, if you, depending when you're listening to this, but Monday, August 24th, uh, I start my uh, coaching season and uh, I have some seats available. If you have not uh, heard about it, I coach five youth workers for about three months, uh, two sessions a month. And we talk about your issues. We talk about the things you're struggling with. Not only that, it's not a therapy session. It's, it's, I mean, it can turn, it can turn into that. Uh, but we really talk about your hopes, your dreams, your goals, your plans, your ideas, your outreaches, how to grow your youth ministry, how to grow your youth ministry faster. Uh, we talk about discipleship. We talk about it all uh, because after 30 years of working with young people and in the local church, um, I feel like I can offer you some insight into not just the programming as- aspect of it, but also the relational aspect of it as well. So if you're interested in that, I'm going to put a link down in the show notes below and you can check it out for yourself. I would love to have you be a part. There's only a few seats available. Jump in, check it out and join today. All right. So let's go ahead and start talking about what I wish I knew. And listen, there's a, a lot of these types of things. You, you'll you'll see it on message boards or uh, on Facebook and other places where somebody will ask these questions about, um, you know, wh- what do you wish you knew? Uh, and there's there's a lot of them. There's there's a lot of answers. Um, I wish, uh, you know, some some that I've seen, I wish that I knew that the church was was so mean. I wish I'd known that. And there's just abundance of of all kinds of answers like that. You know, I wish I knew something about programming or I wish I had known 
you know, more about something or I wish I had better prepared myself. Uh, but I want to talk today about some things maybe that you don't normally hear. And I'm in a unique position uh, after 30 years. I wrapped up my youth pastoring career uh, two and a half years ago to focus more on podcasting, writing, uh, making videos on YouTube, all that kind of good stuff. And that leads me into number one. Number one here is this. I'm now focused on retirement. That's right. I am focused. I'm about, let's see, 13 years away from the retirement age and uh, youth pastoring, um, as far as as far as uh, that goes, did not prepare me. I mean, you know, I, I married uh, a brilliant woman. Uh, who may save the day. I mean, a lot of youth pastors, maybe you're shaking your head and say, look, I married up so that I could, so I could like do this youth pastor gig. Uh, But my wife was the smart one and she has the really good job. Uh, That is not uncommon, but I would encourage you. I wish I had known that retirement would have, you know, snuck up on me like this so quickly. And uh, once again, I was counting on a lot of other things or or being in it longer, maybe being a youth pastor and and see how that was going to transition or, you know, maybe one day I was going to be a pastor. I don't, I didn't know. I didn't know those things. And I'm sure somewhere along the way, somebody advised me, like I'm going to be advising you is start working on your retirement. If your church does not have a retirement plan of some kind, start investing in things like IRAs and other things like that. I'm not a financial counselor. Uh, I just know uh, a few little things, but I want to recommend this is, is find some good counsel on where to invest what money you do have so that you can start focusing uh, for that day when maybe you're not going to be a youth pastor anymore. So maybe in a future episode, maybe I'll do something on finances and and make sure that you guys are ready for retirement. Uh, I'm not there yet. Once again, I got 13 years to work on it and I'm working on it. So that's what I'm doing. So that's number one. Number two, uh, number two, I wish that I had... Um, gotten a degree uh, that would have left me in a place that I, once again, you never know how long your youth pastoring career is going to be. I'm still in youth ministry because I'm, I'm hopefully ministering to you uh, and I speak and do other things. Uh, But once again, that's not a, that's not a plan. That's a, that's things I want to do. Um, That's not a sustainable uh, idea there. So getting a degree in anything, I got, you know, two years into community college, I couldn't pass math, to be honest with you, and uh, that left me uh, where I just couldn't move forward. I was taking it while I was while I was youth pastoring. I was still in college, just trying to trying to get somewhere. And uh, and then I just said, well, I I can't pass math. Uh, it's too hard. And so I just I just said that was enough. I took the class four times, two in class and two out of class. I got tutoring. I watched YouTube videos. I did the whole thing. And I'm just not a math guy. I'm a guy who just likes to uh, who likes to talk and plan and do other things, but yeah. So my my uh, encouragement to you is um, get a degree in something other than youth ministry. Uh, I was able to do youth ministry because I had gone to a prestigious at the time a prestigious discipleship school. It was a brand new idea. It was a brand new thing back in the early '90s, and I went through that. And then the people who graduated from that were in demand. Uh, they brought, you know, people that graduated from that, went to a large church, went through the discipleship program. And then when you graduated from that, you had some skills, you had ministry skills that you could bring to a church and say, I can, I can make an impact on your youth ministry. But so if you have a degree in youth ministry, that's great. That's fantastic. If you don't have a degree in youth ministry, that's okay too. 
because you can, here's the deal is you can read books about youth ministry. You can go to conferences about youth ministry. You can, I mean, unless you're going to, you know, uh, uh, whatever you're going to do with a youth ministry degree, uh, that's fine. But if you're, if you ever leave youth pastoring, uh, that youth ministry degree is not going to get you nearly as far as you think it will. And so I would encourage you to go back and get a teaching degree, uh, get a counseling degree, something like that, that is going to help you. And that is the second thing that I wish I knew uh, before I started uh, full-time youth pastoring because I thought I was going to do youth ministry forever, right? But there is you know, this, and you can. There's plenty of guys out there who have, who have they're in their 60s and they're great youth pastors. They have a tremendous staff under them probably, uh, or they're just rich and don't need the, don't need the money. Uh, whatever that may be for them, that's, that's totally cool. But if you have a, uh, if you have an opportunity to get a degree in something, get a degree in something other than youth ministry so that you can support your family. Or if you ever just get out of youth pastoring, you will have something to fall back on. Number three, uh, and this goes along with number two, but get as many certificates as you think is necessary. And that could be anything from bartending to lifeguarding to welding to uh, operating a forklift. Uh, all those kinds of things are necessary, especially when you're in between jobs. If you go from a church, uh, let's say, God forbid, you're fired or you leave or whatever the condition is, you know, that you find yourself without a job, you have something to sustain yourself on. You have something you can be able to move forward with in, in the area of certificates. You may not have the degree in something, but at least you have some certificates to be able to make uh, a little cash so that you can support your family during the time uh, while you're searching for a new uh, career path or a new church or whatever it may be. So I encourage you get as many certificates. I didn't get any, I get, I did, I was a lifeguard for a little while and that's great if you, you want to, you know, work at a boys and girls club, YMCA, uh, summer camp, something like that. And that's, that's always good to have, uh, and other certificates as well. You know, whatever it is, a masseuse, whatever that may be. So get as many certificates as you think, uh, is necessary. Number four, don't wait until someone gives you permission or affirmation to do what you love. And I say that because once again, I, I think I just, I just loved youth ministry so much. I loved it. I love the idea of it. I love the concept of it. I love everything about it. I love camps. I love retreats. I love meetings. I love uh, all those things. And, and, and because I was so enamored with it and really, uh, had a romanticized version of it in my head, uh, you know, I ignored other things, you know, it was only 10 years ago that I started, you know, the, my YouTube channel, which, uh, you know, that's when YouTube came out, but even before that, I would have started a blog much earlier. I would have started writing much earlier. I would have started doing things much earlier. So if you're waiting, uh, don't, don't wait. Even if you're just, even if you're currently a youth pastor right now, start that podcast about your love of coffee, you know, start that YouTube channel on travel. It's never too late to do what you love. It's never too late to start that side hustle. It's never too late to, you know, expand outside of the youth ministry bubble to do the things you really love to do because it could turn into, 
a revenue stream for you. Uh, you know, it could be a it could be a part of it. It's not like you know don't don't put all your eggs in one basket, but start pursuing other ideas. If you're crafty, start opening that uh, Etsy account where you can sell things. You know, start doing the things that you really love to do. Don't wait for other people to tell you. Uh, you know, when to do that, just go ahead and start doing it. Just, just make it a part of your, your DNA that yes, I'm a youth pastor, but yeah, I do have some other businesses. I don't care if it's starting a, you know, lawn cutting business or uh, whatever it may be uh, that you're into. Go ahead and just start doing that now. Don't wait for somebody to give you permission. Number five, it is always about who you know and not what you know. Uh, and I probably took that for granted. I understood the concept behind it, but I thought knowledge was king. I thought the more I knew, the the better off I was going to be. And really what I should have been doing, if I really wanted to scale, if I really wanted to go places or get into those areas that I wanted to get into, it was really about knowing people, you know, and it's, look, knowledge is great. Knowledge is wonderful, but you've got to be able to network with people to find what's next network, uh, you know, with the people that you're, whatever you're passionate about, right? If you're passionate about, don't go to a youth ministry conference one year, go to that, how to plant a coffee farm somewhere, you know, go, go do something else, find something else, uh, where you can network with the people. Now, look, if you're hardcore youth ministry, yes, go to those things. Maybe you should go to a pastor's conference, even though you're not a uh, senior pastor yet, go to a lead pastor conference. You know, if that is your interest to go there, uh, start now. Don't you, listen, you don't just read books about things. Get the, get in the networking zone, right? Join those groups on Facebook, you know, the, the good ones, right? Not the dumpster fire ones, join the good ones where you can, where you can actually connect and talk with people about the things you're struggling with or about the things you, how you want to move forward, get with those people so that your passions uh, can be um, uh, affirmed, you know, and say, look, yes, you should do that. Yes, you should do these, do these things and, you know, uh, and be a part of those. And once again, it may lead to something. It may lead to something else that you're, you're not even, uh, not even aware of, but it may open a door and an opportunity. Number six, seek God not the position. Once again, I was enamored with youth ministry and I just wanted the, uh, I wanted to be a youth pastor. Uh, and not that God didn't lead me. I didn't just on a whim do that. That took time and prayer, um, and all that. That's, that's just part of the deal. But for me, I would have avoided a lot of, uh, a lot of problems if I just, if I didn't, if I didn't care about holding on to the position or what church I was at or some of those things, you know, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble if I just kept my eyes on the Lord and not on my personal agenda or, you know, whatever I thought was going to be a step up. Right. So I think that's just super important. You know, I wish I had just, I'm sure I knew it in my head, but I wish I knew it more in my heart, you know, to seek, seek the Lord in all things and don't seek the position. Uh, if you seek the position, you're going to be disappointed. If you seek God, you'll never be disappointed. All right. Number seven, don't quit your job until you have another one. Listen, your family will thank you no matter how bad it gets. Work harder, work faster, uh, and make sure you have a plan before you say I quit. Once again, I, I've made this mistake. 
and I paid for it and my family paid for it. And so I think it's super critical that you have a plan uh, before it, before you ever say I quit, before you even whisper it, before you even, you know, have a six month, one year exit strategy, right? Plan that out. If you say, look, I'm going to leave here, but it's going to take a year, not two months, not three months, not, I mean, look, once again, no matter how bad it gets, don't just quit. You know, I, I, I've been in that position where I thought, well, God will just take care of me. And yes, he did. But, uh, but once again, a lot of that is, was on my part was based on assumption, not even based on faith sometimes, right? It was, it was say, oh, God will just take care of me. Listen, have an exit strategy. Number eight, manage your ambitions. I wish I had managed my ambitions. I had such high and lofty goals and uh, almost ridiculous, almost, uh, you know, of where I thought I was going to be, what I thought I was going to be doing, uh, how big the youth group was going to get. You have to be able to manage. I wish somebody had told me to manage my ambitions. Those great ideas, you know, never unfold exactly the way you think they will. Proof is two and a half years ago. I said, "Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this, you know, thing." I thought, "Well, I've certainly built up enough credibility. Uh, I've done enough things. I've, you know, put a, a number of years in." And once again, yeah, I've, I've, I'm an ambitious guy. I don't mind saying that, but I wish I would have managed my ambitions better. I wish I would have. Uh, I, I managed my dreams in such a way that I don't. Um, you know, do foolhardy things. And I'm not saying that even leaving the last church I was at was foolhardy. Um, I just wish I would have had clarity. I, you know, I wish I would have uh, seen things for what they were instead of what I had built them up in my head. Number nine, I wish somebody would have reminded me to choose uh, the leader, not the church. Um, because I would look at opportunity, right? I would look at the opportunity of the church, the opportunity of the youth ministry to grow, the opportunity um, to be paid more, all these things. When in reality, you know, I should have been paying attention to who the leader was because I, be honest with you, I chose some bad leaders because I was so enamored with the opportunity and the possibilities. I missed some red flags that, uh, that would have helped me. You know, so you have you have two ways to choose. You can choose the church you want to work in, or you can choose the church style, the programs, the vibe, the location, uh, all those things. But you got to choose on the leader. Uh, the leader, at the end of the day, is the one that's going to save your job. The culture of the church isn't going to save your job. You're the leader. You got to know the leader. Uh, better than anything. The, 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 you can always find a new culture. You can always find a thing, but the leader, the one you're going to follow, the one that's going to be over you, the one that's going to sign your checks, that's the person you want to choose on. You want to choose the person of character. You want to choose the person uh, because of their love for the Lord. You want to choose them because of their leadership abilities. Uh, those things are the important things. So choose the leader, not the congregation. Number 10, be more practical than magical in your thinking. What do I mean by that? 
once again, I, I en was enamored with the church, the structure, all that stuff. I was, I, I had this magical way of thinking of how things were going to turn out. It was all going to be kumbaya. Uh, it was going to, it was going to be, uh, we were just going to gather together and it was going to be, you know, no problems. Uh, in reality, you have to know that the church is an organization uh, and the organization will always do what is best for the organization and not necessarily for its staff. When I would join a church, I would think, you know, we're all on the same page, right? We all want to love Jesus. We all want to do ministry. We all want to, you know, love people. We all, and boy, that magical thinking was, was caused me so much problems. I did not think in practical terms. I didn't think in, I, I was completely on the page of, you know, what we're all, you know, kind of in this together and, you know, we want to do the right thing together. But listen, the, the, the church in many respects is like any other business. It's going to do what is best so it may survive. Uh, and whether that's cutting, you know, staff, whether that's uh, the choices it makes, uh, you know, it's not beholden to any of us. Uh, you know, and when I say the church, I'm talking about pastors, I'm talking about boards, I'm talking about, you know, people who handle the money. I'm talking about all those things. They're, they're not beholden to us. They're always going to do what is in the best interest of the church. And when guys are fired like myself, I remember the first time I was fired, I thought, oh, this is unbelievable. I thought we were on the same page. I thought we were, you know, doing great things for God. And then suddenly we weren't doing great things for God. We were, we were now uh, in a different position. Uh, and so my encouragement to you is to be practical in your thinking. Go in with eyes wide open. Yes, be optimistic. Yes, be a dreamer. But be practical. Understand that there's relationships at work. Understand how church structure works. Understand these things. I didn't understand those things. Uh, starting out. I, I, like I said, I had more of a magical idea of what it was going to be. And I didn't, I didn't think uh, in terms of, uh, you know, all the little nuances that uh, churches go through and my role in those things. Uh, I thought we we're, like I said, it was all going to be kumbaya. And uh, sometimes it wasn't like that. And so I wish I would, that was what you call the rude awakening. Uh, I've had that a couple of times. So if you want to avoid that, be more practical in your thinking, go in with your eyes wide open and understand what the church is and what the church is not. And that is going to save you a little bit of time and a little bit of heartache. Uh, I'm going to give you a bonus one here. Number 11, learn to disciple yourself. Once again, I had the idea that a pastor's role was to, because I was young, I was 22 when I started out. So I thought, well, my pastor's going to invest in me. Uh, you know, I've got people that are going to disciple me. And let me tell you something, by, by the time you get that first job, pastors think you're already there as far as a, as far as, you know, uh, that you can take care of yourself. Uh, they're not going to necessarily spend a lot of time investing in you. They're, you know, they're not going to spend all this time because they think that you're doing that for yourself. Uh, so they don't take a lot of time. Once again, this is not all pastors, uh, but this is uh, some pastors. And you may be working for a pastor right now who is not investing in you. They just want you to do the job and they expect you to know your job. That's why they hired you. So my encouragement to you is rather than uh, become disappointed that your pastor, and by the way, pastor, I'm not giving them a pass. They should be investing in you. They should be helping and discipling you. They should have done those things. But we can't assume that the leader we're going to work for is going to do that. 
uh, any leader, and it doesn't matter whether you're working at Burger King or at the church, uh, you know, leaders are meant to run structures and systems. And uh, many leaders don't have time or don't make time to invest in those that work for them. So my encouragement to you is to read, grow, do, right? Just invest in yourself always, and you'll never have to become codependent on others to do for you what you can do for yourself. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owed me anything. You owe yourself and I owed myself. That when I'm in the Word, when I'm reading Scripture, when I'm praying, when I'm fasting, when I'm uh, you know listening to podcasts like this, thank you, by the way, you're investing in yourself right now by listening, and hopefully I'm investing in you uh, right now and giving you this wisdom, I hope, that, uh, that listen, you have to learn to disciple yourself. You have to structure a life knowing that nobody's going to come along unless you ask them to. Now, if you ask somebody in the church, say, hey, would you help me understand this principle? Or would you help me uh, in this, uh, you know, my role uh, as a leader in the church? You know, those types of things. If you can find somebody to do that, then do that. Uh, But there's a lot of youth pastors who are not getting that. So I would encourage you, learn to disciple yourself. Yes, the, the Holy Spirit is going to disciple you. No question. 100% Jesus is with you. Holy Ghost is going to help you. But you also need the physical person sometimes to say, listen, I need help in this structure management. I need to be discipled maybe even in theological things. Maybe you uh, are not, don't have a degree in youth ministry, but you say, hey, listen, I, there's some things I got to learn, some things I got to do, and you got to find people that are going to help you do that. Uh, My friend Alex, as I wrap this up here, my friend Alex uh, says, listen, make yourself available. And this goes back to number uh, two and number four, I think. This is make yourself valuable. This is such a great piece of advice. Make yourself valuable. If you're not going to be a youth pastor forever, if you have other goals, you have other dreams, other things, you say, look, I'm going to do youth pastor for a little while. I'm going to do something else. But part of doing this extra things or side hustles or whatever it may be, building skill building, really skill building uh, to help support yourself, your family and all those things is is basically ministry is a, he says that ministry is a multi-hat career. The more hats you can wear, the better. Learn graphic design, video production, social media, web design, anything and everything to make you more valuable to a church. And I would say not just to the church, but make yourself valuable in any scenario, right? That goes back to getting, uh, you know, getting those uh, certificates or getting a degree in something other than youth ministry or learning a skill that's going to help you. You know, especially when it comes to technology, learning new apps, learning new things. And and because the digital world we live in is going to evolve, it's going to change. And so you've got to be able to jump on the, the newer things so that you can help explain that. There's a lot of people who learned how to do Facebook Live during a pandemic. Uh, they learned how to do things. And the people who knew how to do those things became extremely valuable. People who knew, knew video editing, people who knew... Uh, all those things became extremely valuable in this scenario. And so my encouragement to you is, once again, make yourself valuable. And you can I tell you something? You're already valuable. You're a youth pastor. You're valuable to the kids that you that you work with, the parents, the families you minister to. You're already valuable. I'm not talking about your inherent valuable, right? Your inherent value. I'm talking about uh, the external value of what you can offer. Because there's a lot of things you and I did not learn 
before we became youth pastors. Uh, and the, hopefully the things that I've shared with you today uh, were encouraging, uh, were, uh, have sparked something in you that says, yes, I agree with that 100%. And I, my hope is that you're going to jump on some of these things. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you would love to check out the Facebook page, if you go to uh, and just search the Youth Ministry in Motion, uh, the, the podcast on Facebook, you can leave some comments there. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for being a part of the show. If you would love, I would love for you to go over and just leave some reviews maybe over on iTunes. It'd be fantastic. Leave some stars, some comments. Uh, that helps the podcast get found. And until the next episode, guys, you guys behave yourselves best you can. And once again, if you've not heard it lately, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. And uh, the Lord bless you and keep you until I catch you on the next episode. <laughs>